Welcome to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and find us online at theridgecc.com. At our website, you can catch up with everything that's happening at The Ridge, watch previous messages, and learn more about who we are. If you want to watch services live, you can catch them every Sunday via our online community at live.theridgecc.com. We hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, and welcome everyone who's joining us online, everyone in the community room and everyone here in the auditorium. It is so great to be with you today. If we haven't yet met, my name is Tyler and I serve as our Greenfield campus pastor. I'm going to start our time off together with some really good news. And that is for those of you who went uh, through the 21 days of prayer and fasting with us. Um, you gave uh, God the first part of the year by saying, hey God, we're going to commit to this. Um, we're almost done. In fact, if you started on day one with us together, it ends tomorrow and uh, I know a lot of us will we're ready for that. Uh, but it's been so cool to hear that over 700 people actually went through this journey together with us uh, to give God the first and go through this prayer and fasting. We've heard of groups going through this together, teams going through this together, as well as families. Uh, my family went through this together. In fact, my wife and I, we committed to doing uh, our Daniel fast, uh, which is the second year we've done this, which is basically commit to only eating fruits and vegetables and whole grains, um, no coffee, uh, no meat, no dairy at all that for 21 days. And let me just just tell you, after 21 days, I am ready for some hamburger and uh, some coffee, for sure. But uh, so proud of you guys for going through uh, this journey together. Now today, uh, we're continuing a series that we've been in called I've Got Issues, which let me tell you, after 21 days of no coffee and no meat, I've learned I've got some issues. Uh, very angry and cranky and irritable at times. But really what we've been doing throughout the series is we've been looking at the fact that, that many of us, we can see issues in other people, and we often can't see the issues that's going on inside of us, but these issues are impacting us. But we're saying, no, this series is called I've Got Issues, so we're going to ignore what they're dealing with, and we're going to not just identify, but we're also going to deal with these issues, because when we deal with these issues, uh, we can actually have a better view of ourselves. We can have a healthier relationship with God, as well as a healthy relationship, um, healthier relationship with other people. And that's what God wants for us. And so we've been looking at some big issues and dealing with those. And today, uh, we're going to look at a really, really significant issue that we might not see in ourselves at first, but it can be really impacting us. And this is the issue of bitterness. And when my wife, uh, when I told her that I was going to be talking about bitterness, she was like, oh, wow, Tyler, there's a lot that you can do with bitterness. And as I did some research on this, I realized, yeah, she's absolutely right. There, there's a lot that we can talk about uh, with bitterness. But bitterness works a lot like the other issues that we've been talking with throughout the series, is that we can see bitterness in other people. Like we can almost see someone and be like, ooh, you know, they're really bitter. Like, like who hurt them? But we often don't see the bitterness that, that's working on inside of us. And so when we talk about bitterness, here's what we mean when it comes to bitterness. Bitterness is just this anger and disappointment in being treated unfairly. And as a result, we have some resentment. And it's this being treated unfairly is, is why we often don't see this issue inside of ourselves. Because we were wronged by someone, and so we think, oh, that's their issue 
And so as a result of that, we want them to pay, which leads to this resentment, and it leads to this bitterness building up inside of us, and it can really impact us, but we, but we often don't see that it's there. So I want to give us some warning signs that, that we may actually be bitter towards someone else. And so here, here's a couple warning signs that maybe you want to lean in and pay attention to. Here, here's the first one. You have imaginary arguments with that other person. You know, we, maybe this happened to you. Maybe you were at work and you got passed over a promotion and it was given to someone else and you thought you were more qualified than other person. And so you thought, you know, when my boss, you know, comes up to me again, this is what I'll say to them. And, and you're thinking about how you're going to have that, you know, and it's often we're our toughest in the shower um, or in the car, or when we're thinking about that other person, we're like, man, when that comes up, here's what I'm going to say. And, and you always win those arguments. I mean, you never lose. But we realize, you know, those arguments, they never have happened, and they probably never will. Another warning sign that we may have that shows that we may be bitter is we get easily offended at whatever that other person may do. And it's because they did something and they wronged us. And then anything that comes up, it's just going to bump us again. Like, for example, maybe your significant other went way over budget, you know, for, for Christmas spending this, this last Christmas season. And now you're in debt and you're working, you're trying to pay that off. And then your significant other says, you know what I might do? I think I'm going to go on Amazon. I'm going to check this out or I'm going to head over to the store and, and maybe just, just, just check it out. And you're like, oh, no, you're not. You know, and you're immediately upset because you just remembered what happened last time and you don't want that to happen again. You're easily offended at what that other person does. Or maybe another warning sign for you is that you are just keeping a record of wrongs. I mean, you know everything that that person has done, not just this week or this past month, but you've known it for like the last few years. Maybe, maybe when you started dating, you have a record of everything that that person did. Or maybe it's with a former friend and you remember how they wronged you in middle school in the 90s. You got it. You're holding on to it and you're keeping that record of wrongs. And so how are you doing? How many of you would say, yeah, there might be some bitterness kind of lingering inside of me there. I mean, it's there for me. I know that I'm bitter. And the reason why we are bitter is because we naturally have this high sense of justice. You know, we want them to pay us back. You know, we, we, we want it in order, in order to be fair. And so we hold on to this bitterness because we want them to be punished for what they did. But when we're bitter, we aren't punishing them. Ultimately, we're the ones that's being punished. Because what we'll see about bitterness is that when we hold on to bitterness, it becomes this issue and bitterness can actually become a prison that will isolate us from God as well as from other people. And we, we start to see how this plays out for us actually um, very early on in, in, in scriptures when one of the wisest men who, who ever lived wrote this a long, long time ago. He said this about a person uh, who was dealing with, with a wrong. He said, a brother wrong is more unyielding than a fortified city. And a fortified city back then, the reason why they were so well protected is that they build these huge walls, these huge gates that would keep other people out. He says, disputes are like the barred gates of a citadel. And barred gates, you have this image of this fence post or, or this prison cell that's just designed to keep other people out and push them away from you. And Jesus, he even spoke into this uh, several years later uh, when Jesus said this to some of his followers. He said, settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. 
It says, do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge. And the adversary is this person who have wronged you. And the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. And maybe not necessarily in the literal sense you're going to be put into this prison, but it's this prison of isolation, that, that you are completely separated uh, from this other person as well as other people because you're dealing with this bitterness, where bitterness works like this prison. And what we see is this process that, that both Jesus and the writer of Proverbs talks about when it comes to when someone hurts us. And that is an offense, when you don't deal with it quickly, can actually lead to a division in this relationship and division in this relationship, when not dealt with, will lead to a destroyed relationship. And to help us see what this looks like, I'm going to actually have to invite a couple friends up here on stage to, to show us what this looks like. So I'm going to invite uh, Cody and Darcy to come join us on stage. So Cody and Darcy, coming on out. Uh, you may have seen Darcy on stage a few times before hosting. Give him a round of applause. Yeah, they're coming in. They're an awesome young couple. Now, Cody and Darcy, how long have you guys been married? It's been a few years now, right? Six and a half, Cody's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's it, that's right. Yeah, six and a half years, uh, they've been married, they got two young girls, great young couple, but just like any relationship, we're, we're just going to assume that there's been some bumps that kind of come along the way, might be some offenses that happen, and so this is hypothetically speaking, let's, let's just pretend a little bit right now, and so Darcy, I want you to pretend that, you know, Growing up for you, I'm just imagining birthdays were a big deal. I know you got a bunch of sisters, um, you know, and, and for you guys, just celebrating birthdays, just a huge over-the-top celebration, just acknowledging, hey, another year here. And, and Cody, let's just, I, I know you, you grew up in a family. Uh, maybe for you guys, birthdays weren't that big of a deal, though. Maybe, you know, happy birthday, and you get to pick out a meal or whatnot. It's nice, but not over-the-top. And so just imagine, just for a moment, you know, you guys get married, it's your birthday, and you're expecting Cody to just go above and beyond. But Cody, you, you do what you do, right? And so uh, you just say, happy birthday, and I'll, I'll make you something nice later. Darcy, you were expecting something big, didn't happen. You get offended, and it's your birthday, so I want you to pick up two bars and put them down as a way to just kind of show that you were offended, that, that he didn't make that big of a deal of your birthday. Now, Cody, while she's doing that, I know that you just opened up a small business. Congratulations. And, uh, and so you just had a great month. You know, really, really uh, awesome month, kind of building some clientele. You worked hard, worth celebrating. You come home, and you said, Darcy, you know, th this, this just happened. It was a great month. It was really, really awesome. You thought she was going to be super proud of you, super excited for you. But she's been at home all day with the two girls. And so she's like, oh, hey, that's great. Not that huge of a response. You thought you were going to get a little more, uh, you know, response than that. And so you get offended. And go ahead, and you could put two bars down because it was your first, you know, first big month that you had with your new business. Now, while he's doing that, Darcy, I know that you heard, uh, hypothetically, hypothetically, we'll just keep it, that you heard about this new restaurant that just opened up in town, and you thought this would be a great date night for you guys to go check this out, be awesome. You're calling babysitters, you got them set up, but little did you know that Cody also heard about this great restaurant, and he thought it'd be fun to hang out there with the guys, and so he went out there, he had some wings, and he got some wings there, and, uh, but the wings actually weren't that good. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't care for him, so you don't want to go back there. And so, Darcy, this whole date night that you dreamed, it, it's ruined. It's ruined. You're offended. You're already grabbing the bar. You're already making your way to go there and uh, put that up. So she's putting that up. And, and while she's doing that, Cody, you know, you had another hard, long week at work, you know, new business. You just want to come home and rest. 
and you get home and rest, and she's had a long day with the girls, so she just puts the girls in your, she's like, it's on you now, I need a break. And you're like, but what about my break? You're offended, you're already grabbing a bar. And as he's doing that, Darcy, you're offended that he's already grabbing a bar, and so you go ahead and put a bar up there. And here's what we see what happens when we don't deal with these offenses right away. Long before a separation happens between a couple, long before even the divorce lawyers would even think about being called, what creates the separation already between a relationship, between a couple, is the bitterness that has already separated them. Now, like I said, this is hypothetical. Uh, so Darcy and Cody are doing great. Can you give them a round of applause as they uh, make their way off stage? They did great. But what we see is that this, this prison of bitterness can destroy not just romantic relationships, but it can destroy any type of relationship. And God doesn't want that for you, and God doesn't want that for me. He wants us to be free from this prison of bitterness. And so he has actually given us a key that can break us free from this prison so that we don't have to deal with the issue of bitterness in our life. And in order to discover what that key is, we're going to look at a really, really critical conversation that Jesus had with some of his uh, closest followers. And this conversation actually starts off with one of Jesus' closest followers, Peter, starting, uh, he's known for running off his mouth. Well, he runs off his mouth to kick off this conversation. Here's what Peter actually says to Jesus. He says to Jesus, you know, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? up to seven times. And what Peter is doing, he's calling out the fact that back in Jewish culture back then, they believed in like a three strikes and you're out type rule. That if someone offends you up to three times, you know, you can just cross them out of your life and and you can just let them uh, just be gone. And so Peter, he actually sees Jesus forgive people of their sins. So he's like, well, maybe Jesus is going to up the bar, so to speak. So I'm going to ask him this question. Maybe I'll go more than double what, what, what is standard in terms of forgiveness back then. But he asked Jesus this question, and Jesus' response, it just blows Peter's mind, and it'll blow our mind as well. Here's what Jesus says to him. He says, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And this is like one of those weird word math problems, because Jesus isn't saying 77. He's saying 70 times seven times. Anyone know what that is? Any math wizards online or here? Jesus gets real specific. This is 490 times. And so I don't know about you. I've never been in an argument with someone before and said, oh, wow, you know, this is like your 300th and 35th time. And, you know, you got, I don't even know what, how many more that is. Is that another 355 or something like, like, I, you know, you, no, no one actually keeps uh, the, the full number of how many times uh, that is. He'd say, Jesus, we've lost count. Who's, who, who, who could keep track of all of this? And Jesus would say, that's my point. So stop counting. And then to continue to reiterate his point, Jesus then follows up this answer with this uh, story that he tells. And he says, I'm going to tell you a story about what the kingdom of God is like and what matters the most uh, to me. And so he tells him the story about there's this king, and this king has several servants, and these servants owe, owe him a bunch of money. And so this king decides to call in the debts. And there's this one servant who owes the equivalent of about $100,000. He can't pay it up 
uh, to this king. And so the king says, all right, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw you in this prison, you and your family, so uh, you can actually work to pay me off uh, and pay off this debt. Well, well, the servant heard this. He started begging this, this master. He's like, can, can you forgive me? And what, what's really uh, fascinating is he actually uh, cancels the debt and he says, okay, don't, don't, don't worry about it. Well, this first servant has servants of his own who also owe him money. And this is where Jesus continues in the story. And he tells him this about the servant. He says, when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him about 100 silver coins, which is far less than $100,000. This is like the equivalent of, let's say, a few hundred dollars in Cole's cash. <laughs> Only Kirk Cousins is going to care about this. And so he, he, he has this. And so the servant, he actually grabs his servant. He begins to choke him. He says, pay back what you owe me, he demanded. And so it's a very similar start to the story. And here, here's what Jesus tells us is he says, well, the fellow's servant actually fell to his knees and he begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. And so a very similar response to what the first servant did to the king. However, the first servant refused. He went off and he had his servant thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And so he didn't do what was done for him. And as he's, Jesus is telling the story, Jesus knows, uh, I mean, what, what is going on in the crowd. He knows that their, their tension is being elevated. Jesus is this master storyteller, great teacher. And so right when everyone's getting upset, Jesus begins to deliver his punchline. He says, well, when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. And they went and they told their master everything that had happened. And so then the master or the king, uh, he called the servant in. He said, you wicked servant, I canceled all of the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant? Here's the key. Just as I had on you. And what Jesus is showing us in this conversation is that when we feel stuck, trapped, in this prison of bitterness, there is one specific key that will free us from this prison. And that key is forgiveness. Forgiveness is a key that breaks us from that prison of bitterness. It's how we deal with this issue. Now, I know with just that phrase, for a lot of us, a lot of different emotions come up. Because we're like, well, hold on, Tyler. What about all of the hurt? What about what they did? Do I have to forget about what they did? And all of these questions come up, and I get why those questions come up, but, but I want you to put those on, on, on hold for just a moment. We'll get to those later. But I want to just simply define what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is just canceling the debt that they owe you. I've heard it described like this. It's acknowledging that what that other person did was wrong and how it hurt you. But now it's no longer holding on to that resentment that bitterness does. It's saying, you know what? I am no longer going to seek you to repay that. I am freeing you from the responsibility of making it right. And what Jesus is showing us, it's this that actually breaks us free from that prison of bitterness is to forgive others. Now, some of us, we might think, yeah, I can't do that on my own. I, I, I just can't forgive that person. And Jesus would say, yeah, you can't do that on your own. You're absolutely right. That's the point of the story of why I, I just told. And what we see in that story is there's actually a two-step process to extend that forgiveness to break free uh, from bitterness. And the first step is we have to recognize our own need to be forgiven. 
And, and, and this can be a challenge for us at first because we might feel bitterness towards other people and we may not realize that some people, they may feel like they're, they justly are bitter towards us. And the reason why this is a challenge is it's so easy for us to excuse away any time that we may have hurt someone else, but we hold others to the letter of the law. I experienced this in my house the other day uh, when my daughter Jalen uh, was actually kind of getting short uh, toward, towards uh, my wife Andrea and I and, and just get, getting a little upset and, and we called her out on it and she said, well, I'm sorry, I'm just really stressed right now. And, and we told her, okay, we understand that you're stressed, but that doesn't excuse you to sh be short with us and treat us that way. Well, the next day, uh, my wife and I were feeling the pressure, and she wasn't working her way out of the house as quickly as we needed her to. We got short with her, and, she and, and then we realized we were short with her, and we said, hey, we're sorry. You know, we're kind of stressed right now. And she said, hold on. That works for you, but not for me. And we're like, yep, you got us. You got us. And, and we all have times where, where we're got, and, and we realize, oh, yeah, we, we've messed up. But, but here's the beautiful thing of what we learn about Jesus' story. Paul actually talks about it like this several years later when he writes a letter to other Christians. He said, here's the great thing about God's love, is that God demonstrates his own love for you and I this way, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that word sinner means we have fallen short of God's standard. We've all fallen short of his mark. We've all done something that has actually nailed Jesus to the cross. And we find ourselves in the spot of that very first servant. There's a debt that we owe that we can't pay. But the good news is, is that you and I, we aren't defined by our sin. Jesus went and he canceled that debt by giving his life over for us. Our identity is not us as sinners. Our identity is now as forgiven. Jesus paid that debt for us so that we could be forgiven. And he says, you start by recognizing your need to be forgiven. And then we break free from bitterness when we extend that same forgiveness to those that hurt us. And we don't do this because, hey, it's the nice thing to do. We don't do this because, well, yeah, that other person deserves it. We do this because we didn't deserve it. And we're pointing other people, when we do this, to the one who has forgiven us. I really appreciate uh, what Ryan Leake, uh, who's a pastor out in Minnesota, uh, said about this. He said, you know, when it comes to forgiveness, here's what I realized. I'm not a naturally forgiving person. I'm a supernaturally forgiving person. In other words, this forgiveness just flows through us. That when we are forgiven, we then forgive others. Or in other words, forgiven people forgive people. And so we forgive others as we have been forgiven. Now, I know for some of us, this is still really, really hard and really difficult. Because for you, you would say, yeah, I can get that with, with, with small bumps. But what I'm dealing with is not small bumps. I'm dealing with these really significant hurts. I mean, that person promised to love me forever and then they left. Or that person took my innocence during the abuse. My dad, my dad was never there and I needed him the most and I just didn't feel like I mattered to him and, 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 and I just don't know what to do with that. Can I really even possibly forgive him for that? And if you're dealing with a hurt like that, first of all, I just want to say, I am so sorry that you're dealing with that. I mean, so sorry that happened to you. And I don't want to take any of that away. 
But can I just lovingly challenge you for a moment, just, just for a moment, to, to lean into what forgiveness is not, because there may be something that we are unnecessarily attaching forgiveness to. And God wants all of us to be able to break free from this prison of bitterness. And so let me just identify a few things of what forgiveness is not. First, forgiveness is not forgetting what that other person has done. Some of us, we may never forget what happened, even if we wanted to. We, we, we can't forget that. But, but forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is just simply saying, you know what, I'm choosing to cancel the debt, and I am no longer holding them responsible for, for making it right. Another thing is that forgiveness is not, forgiveness is not waiting for an apology. And we might think, well, hey, if they just say I'm sorry, you know, then, then, then I'll forgive. But saying I'm sorry is actually still expecting them to pay it back. And, and forgiveness is saying, you know what, I'm going to cancel uh, that debt. And some of us, we're waiting for an apology that may never happen and likely never will happen. And so we can still forgive and break free from that prison of bitterness, even if they never say, I'm sorry. Another thing forgiveness is not, forgiveness is not stopping to feel pain. And I know some of us, maybe we've been told this, and, and if you've been told this, I'm sorry, that is, hey, if you're still hurting, you haven't really forgiven. Um, and that's just not true, and, it, and it's not helpful for someone to hear, because we may still hurt, and that pain may still be there. In fact, Jesus even said, you know, when he returns, he will come and wipe away every tear from our eyes. That is when we will be completely healed from our pain. But we can forgive even while it's still hurting. Another thing that forgiveness is not, uh, forgiveness does not equal trusting. And for a lot of us, uh, th this is really important to understand, especially if you're young or naive or if you're quick to trust others. Uh, someone may have violated our trust and we see that trust. I mean, it, it can be slowly gained over time and quickly lost that we can forgive that other person and no longer hold them responsible for making it right. But that doesn't mean that we trust that person. In fact, we may still need to lovingly put boundaries on that other person. And then finally, forgiveness is not losing. And those of us who are competitive and like to win, we might hear this idea of, of forgiving others. And we're like, oh, you know, I'm just excusing it away. And then they win. Well, not forgiving them, that doesn't make you strong. Not forgiving them, it makes you bitter. And what Jesus wants for us is he wants us to be free from this prison of bitterness because he doesn't want us to have destroyed relationships. He doesn't want us to be separated from him. He invites us to forgive others so that we can break free from this prison. And one of the times that I've been able to learn this uh, the most, um, not just happened in my life, but actually learned uh, it, it the most from, from, from my wife, um, Andrea, and, and from an event that happened actually before she and I started dating. And uh, I, I'm going to share the story that, that she gave me permission to share. It's a hard story for me to tell, but it's even harder for her uh, to have it uh, um, explained. But, but she just said, no, th this is helpful for, for everyone. And so I, I go ahead and share this. But what, what happened uh, before she and I started dating, um, when she was in college, she was dating someone else, and this individual sexually assaulted her. And uh, she, she went through that time, and she just didn't know how to, to handle uh, what, what happened. And she went through the trauma, dealt with that trauma and the pain of all that happened. Uh, she said, you know, my response was just to stuff that anger and that hurt and that pain just down deep. And she told me um, later, she, she was just like, you know, it was so deep inside of me that I didn't want to deal with it. She said, I, it just made me physically sick 
uh, caused so much pain. I couldn't sleep. I'd have these nightmares. It was just impacting me. In fact, um, I met her several months after that, and we actually started a dating relationship. And what we discovered during that, that dating relationship, she, she told me what was happening, uh, but she just had this inability to trust other people and, 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 trust, and trust me. And, and I understand it, but, but it actually led to us breaking up and, and our relationship fell apart. And, and then I got angry and bitter towards this guy. I'm like, here's what you did to, to this girl that I have feelings for and that I care about. And it just, just, just destroyed our relationship. I didn't think I'd ever see her again. Uh, but shortly after um, we broke up, she, she actually uh, took this brave step to say, you know what, I, I need to get healing from this. And she went to Christian counseling met this great Christian counselor at her college who began to just walk her through the healing process. And it was during this healing process that um, this Christian counselor began to, to share with her some of the things that we've been talking about when it comes to being free uh, from this prison. And what Andrea began to realize was that she was stuck in this prison of bitterness. And the Christian counselor began to suggest to her this idea of forgiving this individual. And she's like, I, I don't want to go there. What he did was wrong. And we said, no, what he did was wrong. And God is mad about that. But, but here's how this is impacting you. And she left uh, those sessions and she started feeling this conviction. And we're just like, I'm going to ask God, what do I do about this? And she sought God and she sought God. And in that time, she said, man, God's leading me to do this, to, to extend the forgiveness that God has given me where I'm no longer going to want payback for, for that individual for, for what uh, we went through. And she began to discover this freedom that came from this prison by extending forgiveness and saying, you know what, I'm no longer going to hold him responsible for making that right. Well, I met, but actually randomly bumped into her about a year after that. And I saw that she was a completely different person. And she was on this journey towards healing. I still had feelings for her. And I asked her, I was like, what, what, what happened? What changed? And she told me about this. And, and it's like, okay, well, well why, why did you forgive? And she said, well, forgiveness really is wanting best for him. I don't want him to have to pay this back. I want for him to know Jesus, and I want him to know Jesus' love. I'm not going to be the one to introduce him to that, but I pray that he gets that. And I heard that, and I was like, wow. And it allowed me to understand what forgiveness is and to even forgive him for, you know, that destroyed relationship that we had a year later. And here, here's what happened during that time. Both my wife and I, we began to experience what it's like to break free from this prison. And it's led us to have a healthy dating relationship and then a healthy marriage. And then uh, God has actually used my wife uh, to, to come alongside other ladies who've gone through this horrible, horrible event to help them find uh, healing and freedom from this as well. And God's brought other guys in my life that have had people in, in their lives uh, go through something uh, tragic like that and to be able to help them just break free from this prison as well. And it's this freedom from this prison, this journey towards hope and healing that I want for all of you as well. To say, you know what? I am no longer going to excuse what they did, but I'm not going to hold them responsible for, for making that right. I'm not the one to give justice to them. It's on me to cancel the debt and to forgive them. And so here, here's what I want to do to, to wrap up our time. I just want all of us, wherever we are right now, just to begin to ask that question. Well, who do I need to forgive? Who specifically do you need to forgive? Is it your ex? Is it your boss? Is it that friend who, who's no longer a friend? But who is that person? 
And as you begin to identify them, I, I, I want you to then to take it a, a layer a, below the surface. And that is, well, what did they owe you specifically? And, and it could be any number of things. Maybe it was something that, that happened that you say, you know what, this person owes me that time that I spent on them. Or, or maybe this person, they owe me that innocence that they took away from me. Or that person, they, they, they owe me this experience, they owe me this amount of money, but what is it that they specifically owe you? And here's why I want you to get real specific on this. General forgiveness leads to general healing. But specific forgiveness, it leads to specific healing. And so we identify what it is that they owe us, and then here's what we do with that. We choose to cancel the debt, to acknowledge, hey, what they did was wrong, but I'm not going to be the one to say, you know what, you're going to pay me back. I'm going to cancel that debt. I'm no longer holding you responsible to make it right. And when we make this choice, we find that God enables us to break free from this prison of bitterness so that we can go on this journey towards hope, and healing. And so here's what we're going to do right now, wherever you're joining us. I'm going to ask all of us right now uh, that, that we're going to pray together. I'm going to ask you to go ahead, bow your heads, close your eyes. And before um, I lead us in this prayer, with everyone's uh, heads uh, bowed, eyes closed, I want to just encourage you that if there is a person that you are ready to specifically forgive, I want to encourage you to just take a brave choice and just say, hey God, I'm going to extend that forgiveness you've given me to this person. And you can just do this just by, by raising your hand and just saying, God, I'm committing to forgive this person. And if that's you, I'm, I'm so proud of you for taking this step. I'm just gonna ask you to join me in this prayer. And uh, after this prayer, uh, we're gonna continue praying because we're not gonna be done yet, but just go ahead and, and make this prayer your own. And that is, Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he came um, and he canceled our debt of sin and he took on our sin on the cross. He, he gave himself for us so that we can find life in him. And now we can let that forgiveness just flow right through us, that we can extend that same forgiveness that you've given us. And so God, right now, we forgive that person. God, what they did hurt us. And we acknowledge that hurt. But God, we no longer hold that uh, against them. God, what they did to hurt us, God, God, that specific hurt, we cancel that debt. Just like you canceled the debt for us, we forgive them. And Jesus, we pray, God, that you would just bless them. You would lead them towards you so that they can follow you. But God, I pray for all of us that as we forgive, you would break us free from that prison of bitterness. And we thank you for that forgiveness that Jesus has given us that we can extend to others. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. I want to encourage everyone, keep your, keep your eyes closed, keep your heads bowed. And the reason for that is I know that there's still some of us here today that are just like, I can't do that. I can't forgive like that. And the reason why you can't forgive like that is because you haven't recognized your need to be forgiven by Jesus yet. You've been checking him out. You've been maybe encouraged by his message, but you haven't recognized your need to say, I need him to be the savior and leader of my life. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do right now. If you're ready to make that decision to follow him and to receive his forgiveness for your sin, I want to encourage you right now to take that bold step wherever you are. Everyone's eyes are closed. Everyone's head is down. Just go ahead and raise your hand as your way of committing and say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you and I'm going to commit my life to following you. So excited for those of you who are raising your hands right now. Here's what I'm going to invite you to do. I'm just going to invite you to join me in this prayer and just make this prayer your own as you commit to following him. And this prayer just works like this. And that's, Jesus, um, I've sinned 
And I've realized that I've fallen short of your standard and I've done things that have nailed you to that cross. But I realize that you have actually given yourself on the cross. You gave your life so that I could find life in you. And so I receive your forgiveness and I commit to following you and to become someone who looks like you, even knowing that that is going to take the forgiveness that you have just given me and extending that to those who have hurt me. Father, I love you and thank you for freeing me from the prison of my sin and the prison of bitterness. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Church's podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids' and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.